Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast on racial inequality. On here, we discuss pretty much everything and anything to do with race, religion, and ethnicity, but celebrating and discussing, discussing the issues and stigmas around them. For today's podcast episode, we'll be discussing the representation in education from history to the arts, as well as things like the, the exam fiasco of last year and discussing what it's like to be a person of color in education. And like always, before we start, who are you and what's your background? And for this episode, we're gonna ask what your year group is as well. Rafaela, do you wanna go first? So my name is Rafaela. I am originally from the Philippines, but I emigrated to the UK when I was seven and I'm in year 11 currently, trying to struggle through the pandemic. Hi, I'm Maddie. I'm in year nine and I'm white British. I'm Lewis, um, I was born in the UK. My family are from the UK and I'm in year 11. Hi, my name is Anna. I am um, born and raised in the UK, but my family are originally from Sri Lanka. I'm also a Muslim and I am in year 11 currently. Finally, me. I'm Ifit. Uh, I am from the UK, but I was, but I lived in Sri Lanka for a couple of years. Both my parents are Sri Lankan. I'm also in year 11 as well as a hijab wearing Muslim, um, as you can see if you're on the Zoom. Um, so, like we said, today we're going to be discussing about sort of education and what it's like to be a person of colour in education, as well as discussing the syllabus. So first of all, I guess a really important question is, What's it like being a person of colour at school or witnessing people of colour at your school? Personally, I've had like quite a positive experience being a person of colour. I mean, there are some, you know, kind of experiences that are inevitable. But personally, I've not really felt singled out because of it. It's just been something I've had to like navigate in terms of um, like being a Muslim in terms of having to have a prayer room at school and things like that. Cool. I feel like I've had quite a similar I mean, I've had it quite 50-50. I mean, because I go to a very diverse school in quotation marks, like 40% of my year is Asian. Uh, so it's just kind of how it is. Like this, my school is arguably like the most diverse school in my area. So I feel like more kind of people of color tend to go to my school because that's what everyone kind of does. So everyone's in one place. Doesn't necessarily mean I've had a better experience, not really. You always have the weird people who are um, rude and obnoxious and racist, uh, to put it quite blatantly. Um, so I've, I've been, I mean, it's kind of like anywhere, like it's been, it's been fine, I'd say. I've, I've had a relatively good experience, but there's obviously been those odd one or two people. Um, I'm actually the opposite of you because I am probably like one of two people in my year group who is a person of colour probably there's only a handful of us who are people of colour within my school itself but that doesn't necessarily mean I've had a bad experience I think I've had quite a positive one because no one's ever really said anything that's like outwardly bad towards me but I think it's just like the little things like the small jokes that your friends make that they don't realize it's like a little bit of a microaggression just a little bit racist but I think that's just part of life as sad as it sounds yeah I, I get that and it's quite kind of interesting how I go to a very diverse school whereas you go to a maybe like not so much but we've had like very different experiences like I guess kind of surprisingly different as well because I would think for you it would be like whoa 
but yeah what about Lewis and Maddie like when you see kind of like people of color at your school like what do you guys think so my school is probably majority white about 80 percent white so I think it's probably quite difficult for people of color in my school because all most people are white and lots of the teachers are white too so I can't really like imagine how it feels like say if someone did have an issue and not necessarily having people to talk to it about? Um, in my school, it's very, very diverse. There are people from all around the world. I think the teachers and the faculty are quite diverse too. So I don't experience what maybe Anna and Raffaella might experience. But I've seen some people who will say comments that aren't particularly respectful. Um, and I guess that's just, it comes from their, their, their kind of background. I feel like with teachers and stuff, I like a kind of, like for my school, our, uh, like most schools is majority white teachers. But I, I was very lucky to have a former teacher who's actually a Muslim. Um, and she's, I'm pretty sure she's South Asian. Um, obviously teachers don't tell you where they're from. But yeah, and I feel like, I kind of relate to her. She's an English teacher and I really like English and stuff. So she's super helpful. Um, but I feel like in general, most of my teachers are white and I don't have the same kind of relationship almost as like other students and teachers might have. I was going to say that um, there's, I think, only one teacher who's a person of colour within my school and he's black, so he's not really Asian. So he doesn't really get like kind of what I'm going through. But I still have quite good relationships with my teachers. And maybe that's just because I'm like a very outgoing person in terms of talking to my teachers. But I'm not so much around my year group. Like I keep to my own little bubble of friends and don't really talk to like outside of them if I don't have to. Yeah, that's fair. I'm quite the opposite. I like, like I'll talk to those like few teachers about like whatever and but mostly I'm outgoing with everyone like I just kind of say how it is <laughs> um, but yeah um I'm yeah I'm quite opposite I'm quite outgoing I'll talk to anyone I'll um like apart from like obviously there's a group of people where you don't want to talk to if you know yeah. what I mean but um apart from them not like in general I'm pretty like social so I guess we'll move on to like the next question, which is kind of focusing more on the educational aspect. So what are some major things you've noticed related to race in education? If there's anything you have noticed? I think one thing that um, is something that we picked up on the racial inequality debate that we did a while back that someone else actually brought up, which is the idea of racial illiteracy. And I guess like, not many teachers would know what to do in the circumstance of somebody having gone through like an experience where they've experienced racism because it can be kind of difficult to know what to say and what's appropriate to say and what isn't but um, I know there's been like experiences of people that I've heard of who've had experiences in school but when they've gone to teachers to kind of ask for help or what to do they've kind of been either kind of asked to apologize for for their identity they've been asked to apologize for their for being you know a person of color or something or being of a certain religious group or teachers have just kind of dismissed it and tried to make it into solely a bullying issue rather than 
realizing there's kind of a depth to it that might not be prevalent in other situations yeah because I guess in school there's like a bullying policy there's like there's a punishment for if someone swears or whatever but there's not a punishment for if someone's racist there's not like posters up with like a policy for if someone said or done something racist and like that's an issue isn't it for sure um like I totally understand that because again like I've said this story so many times but you go to teachers and they'll like be like oh it's this and that and like oh it might be this or like just like quieting it down but it's obviously not that issue um and I guess something in sort of like the syllabus related is like things like lack of people of colour in the actual syllabus because and don't get me wrong I totally understand that we are in Britain you are going to learn British history and British literature however there are British people who are not white essentially we can learn about British history through other people who are not essentially white um there I know there's so many authors so many like poets for English and I know like even in history there are so many people who have contributed to British history and have impacted British history that um, are not being mentioned. And I'm not sure why. Yeah, to pick up on that, I kind of wanted to talk about like, I think in history particularly, like obviously it's, you know, it would be ridiculous to suggest, you know, that we learn about the entire world's history because it's so rich indeed that we'd never be able to go through it. But um, I think one thing that we should focus on is uh, obviously we get taught about slavery somewhat in the curriculum but I think talking about that but also about how the British Empire isn't great it was never a great thing that happened because I think sometimes history teachers will be like really proud of that aspect in a way that I think isn't really appropriate like I forgot exactly what the number is I think a third of the world it's like the British Empire had you know this much land and we did this and we went over this many countries and that's great and we owned all of this but it's like whilst that might sound you know fine in uh, when you talk about it like that in terms of land and stuff it's thinking about the fact that it's stolen land there were people who originally lived there you know the British really messed up a lot of countries in a lot of ways like for me personally in Sri Lanka um, I've like kind of seen firsthand the impacts and the implications that colonialism has had on the country like for example uh, it brought about colorism which is where people of a lighter skin tone, even within an ethnic group, are you know treated more favorably because of that. And I think that's something that we should kind of pick up on in acknowledging our history, but also acknowledging it that it wasn't perfect. And you know, the British, we don't have to be the hero in every story, I think. Yeah, I think what you're saying is that I feel like a lot of the stuff that is about people of color is always talked about in a very white perspective is always like about how white people were better and how not really about how we were treated so to speak so they never really talk about like slave owners specifically within Britain it's always like them distancing themselves so like they talk about the boats and how they were treated but not really about how it affects the actual human beings within those slave boats and I think that's such an important thing to talk about because it just kind of makes it even more real for us and for other people learning about it and makes it seem so much worse and so much more real than it actually is than the way that they teach it. For sure and to kind of cut like back what Anna said as well about like sort of Sri Lanka 
that aspect. So Sri Lanka has only been um, independent for about 73, 74 years. So I have like relatives and things who are still alive, who have seen it or, or their grandparents have seen it and things like that. So my dad was telling me a couple of months ago about his uncle who used to work on the docks and the harbors when like the British were there. And that was kind of like, oh, like it was my dad's uncle. So that's not that long ago, like generational wise, it's not, it's not that far ago. So again, I've seen it from both aspects of being, you know, in Sri Lanka for um, year five, year six, where I learned about it from a Sri Lankan perspective on British colonialism, colonialism, as well as sort of year seven and eight, um, sort of Brit like the aspect, that aspect of British colonialism. So the colonizers as well as the colonized, which I think is pretty interesting. And I remember when kind of doing it, when we were learning it, I remember my teacher was like, yeah, this wasn't a very good time. Like all of this happened. She was explained to us, to me. And I was like, wow, it's kind of, it's really dark, the history, considering how, like, again, we like what, I was like, what, nine, 10, 11, when learning this. So to kind of be like, oh yeah, they had slaves. Like, you know, some of our people were slaves or some of these people were um, in really bad positions, working really bad jobs for like peanuts. It's not, it's not a good look. And then going and then coming back to England and learning history about, again, colonialism. And then um, sort of seeing it from that aspect when the teacher's like, this is such a good thing. This is this and this is that, like we did all of this. And it's like, I've seen it from both perspectives and you're telling me, you're telling me that this is a good thing. You sure? Um, so yeah, like it's a, it's a very interesting, I guess, perspective I've had and a dangerous one, I think as well, especially because again, I know, because kids are so influenced by their teachers as well. So if you're, if you're telling kids, oh, this is such an important thing. This is, we did such a good job. You're going to, you're going to teach, because I know there's some kids like now who are in my year who still don't understand the impact of slavery, colonialism. And it's because the way you're taught is that it's a positive thing when it was never a positive thing at all. I think adding to that as well, like, um, like one thing that I heard was really like insensitive, like I know that a politician said, I'm not going to name the politician because I don't want to make this a political debate. But like something they said was that um, it was, it's not that, you know, it wasn't the problem that Britain like took over those countries. It's the problem is that we, they lost control. And I was like, that's so like just, tone deaf to the impact they had on countries around the world and I think one other thing I'd like to bring up in history is um, you know everyone knows about the American civil rights movement and Martin Luther King and it is insane how much more I've learned from Instagram than school because um, something that I learned is that we only ever see those pictures in black and white in history and actually they were taken in color the reason those photos were changed to be black and white is that we we're kind of brainwashed into thinking that this was you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago and it wasn't this isn't stuff that you know was ages ago it was stuff that's fairly recent which is why the implications of it are still so prevalent today when you learn about I learned, again like I, I saw it on instagram like twitter like could you imagine learning more on social media the, the part that everyone's like oh stay away from more than you learn from school like it's so dumb 
Yeah, so I personally take GCSE history and we actually do a whole like section and topic on Amer on the American Civil Rights Movement. And I think doing that topic was so helpful to me. But then it also made me question like, why aren't we taught about British civil leaders? We're always just taught about American ones. And if we are taught about American ones, it's always the same people. It's always Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks, whilst yes, they were amazing people who changed a lot. We aren't really taught about other ones, uh, like uh, who Malcolm X and other people. And I think it's just so important to acknowledge that I feel like a lot of times during Black History Month, it's always just about Martin Luther King and what he did. And it's, it feels a little bit about tokenism again, because he's the one person that everyone already knows, but why can't we learn about new people? And another person that we don't learn about is Claudette Colvin, who was actually the first woman to um, you know, sit on the bus and not give up her seat for a white person. But she wasn't chosen to be the face of the movement because she was a darker uh, black person and a teenager that was, uh, she was a teen mom, I believe. But I'm not sure if that's correct. I should fact check that. But yeah, I think learning about other influential figures and also how racism isn't America's problem. It, it is a problem in America, but it's also a problem here and in every country in the world. Yeah, um, I, I was going to speak, but everything I was going to say was covered. But I definitely think that um, what we learn in our history lessons aren't what they should, we should be learning. Yeah, because, yeah, we, we live in Britain and we will learn British things, but a large part of our history was Black people and it's incredibly important that we um, celebrate those people who are a part of our history and that weren't white so yeah I think it's important to focus on like inspirational black people like Harriet Tubman and um, Shiny Chisholm and stuff like that. Our Black History Month is absolutely appalling like last year we literally we had one assembly about Black History Month nothing in our history lessons literally nothing and are you really saying that all of this history can be just contained in one assembly are we really saying that the whole of the history of people in color in england can just be contained in one assembly like it's something that we should get taught about all year round not just in one month or one assembly and i absolutely love you for saying Amen that, to that. Um, like completely agree <laughs> Yeah, um, it actually kind of brings back to like a later point as well, but I guess we'll talk about it now. Like, how do you guys feel when we only learn about Black History and Black History Month and just like people of colour in certain times of the year, as well as only in PSHE? Because I know they like to contain it all in PSHE citizenship lessons and um, and Black History Month to say, oh, we're really diverse. We do this, we do that. But truly, how much are we doing? Yeah, um, I think that um, we can have a Black History Month and um, celebrate Black people in that month. But like Maddie said, that there's there's so much to do with Black Black History that it shouldn't be just a month. It should be like all year round, um, and not just in history, like the arts and like literature as well. No, it's actually funny because I was talking to the, about this to my English teacher, I think yesterday, because we were talking about um, checking out my history, which is a poem in our cluster uh, by John Agard, who's British Caribbean. And he, she was saying about how it's always like 
one topic and we do that and then that's it but it's important for us to interlink it with everything because everything we are taught in English is mostly about dead white men who died like 200 or 100 years ago which don't really relate to us as much as they do and they should and so I think that it was a different someone else who said in order for something to get into your brain you have to repeat it 17 times and so them just doing it once a month and for Black History Month and then every so often for PSHE isn't enough for people to learn about racism and its effects towards people. I do crime and conflict for the few poems that we do. So basically, there are two poems we studied at school by Benjamin Zephaniah and John Agard, who are both black um, poets. And they, they were some of my favourite poems that I've read and sort of listened to because we watched them, we watched one of them perform it as well. And I feel like a big issue was they've, so first of all, they obviously put it in conflict, the conflict section, um, which is first up is pretty annoying because it's like, it kind of paints that picture again of like black people are aggressive and they're like doing like all of these things. But I feel like to have people of color being the syllabus that is not also necessarily about black trauma or just trauma in general, like, can we not have like a black poet or a black writer, especially in modern literature? Okay, like I totally, okay, Shakespeare, hate it, but I understand why. Okay, he's one of like the oldest like living like playwright or whatever that is still used today. But I'm sure like, especially in the modern literature aspects that we cover sometimes, I'm sure there are people of color that we could read. I'm sure, I'm sure if you like did a little bit of digging I'm sure there are some really good like classical books by people of colour that are really interesting to read. That's not always about trauma. Like again, like it's it's not about it's not just about putting people of colour in the syllabus. It's about like what's the word? Like in, including them, making it diverse, but not always just about their trauma or their like pain. Because again, like we, we have positive things as well that we want to talk about. Yeah, the poem that we studied in English um, was about apartheid in South Africa and how the apartheid has still gone, all the racist laws, but there's still like that segregation and racism in the society. But it is a poem about trauma again, and it's a really good poem about an absolutely awful thing that ended really recently in the 90s which is kind of shocking that we're not taught about that sooner and that I'd, I'd never even known that apartheid ended in the 90s and still we, until we studied it in English last term. So I do photography uh, so I kind of want to bring it up to that side as well. So I do photography and so I mean so although we're allowed to so our teacher, particularly year nine and year 10, our teacher gave us photographers that we had to focus on. The majority of them were white male men. Like it wasn't, I feel like there are so many photographers out there. There are so many artists who are doing so well. And again, like now that I'm doing it, now that I'm in year 11, I'm allowed to focus on like my own photographers and things. I am trying to focus on people of color more so there's this one girl that like I follow on Instagram she's like 17 now who's uh she's East Asian I think 
um and like i like her photography is so amazing and i like i love to focus on hers because well not just because she is a person of color but also because um like i i feel like i need like i need to have other people in there who aren't all the same people who aren't all from the same place um yeah so i actually take drama for my gcses as well which is i think similar but different so we also have to study different people and stuff. And I found that a lot of the people that my teacher recommended are white people. And so I've had to go out of my way to find people of color for me to study and put into my portfolio for to go towards my grade. And I think it's just harder for me to find people of color because I find that there aren't as many people that I can look up as easily. So I'm having to dig just a little bit deeper to find them. And I think that's just part of the problem again, is just we, us having to go out of our way to find people of colour. So obviously there are lots of really important reasons why people of colour should be more represented in the arts and just generally, but what, what would you say the most important reason would be for you? I think it's just to see myself. I, and I know people are gonna be like, oh, but like that's so silly, that's such a, as simple as seeing yourself. Again, like growing up on TV, I never saw anyone that looked like me. Even now, I get misrepresented as like a hijabi. It's always like the representation isn't good. And I think like with representation is like for, I think like the UK is quite weird in that there are some places that are like very, very white. And like, there are some people that I've met who've never met a hijabi before in their life or have never met like even a black person. And if, their only kind of view of people of colour is what they've seen in the media or what they've seen in education. It's really important we do a good job because, for one, the media most definitely isn't, like, Muslim representation is. I've never seen a good example of Muslim representation in the media, ever, in my life. Like, the news has been awful, and, like, examples I could think of, like, Ackley Bridge isn't great for Muslim representation, and... I think if we had those examples in um, education, that would kind of help to bridge that gap as well as kind of having, I think an element of intersectionality as well, because I think people of color do often kind of get grouped into this one thing, but like, um, you know, a black person's experience is so uniquely different to a South Asian person's experience like me, like police brutality is predominantly a black issue, but like Islamophobia is, something that you know a non-muslim is not going to have to go through you know so i think this having that like uh having a range of people of color is important to kind of recognize the depth of the issue and bridge the gaps where it isn't in other media i guess i think yeah what you're saying is just important about having someone to look after look up to so as i said before i'm practically like one of two people of color within my school so I've had to be my own role model so to speak so then people who are younger than me have someone to look up to who is ambitious who is hardworking, who is doing all of these things so then they know that they also could have the opportunity to do those things and so I think that's just what's most important to me is just helping those who are younger than me find their own voice and make their own stand. I totally agree with that because in year seven, I went to a different school to the one I'm going now, and that school was predominantly white. And I was there in year seven, I moved into year eight, and then I moved to this school when I was in year eight. But at the start of year eight, I was there. 
there was a girl who was a Sri Lankan Muslim girl who came in when I was in year eight, she was in year seven. And I like treated her like almost like a little sister, almost like I was kind of like telling her what to do, what not to do, how to like, who to interact with, where to go when you need help, because you don't have that role model there. You don't have that role model. I didn't have that role model. I was like, what, at that school, I was one of like six hijabis, maybe, like maybe less. Um, and just people of color in general, like it's very like minimum. So I always felt like I had to be the role model for her, obviously until I left and then, but, and I totally understand that you, you feel like you had that responsibility that you have to kind of nurture the younger ones almost. Because like, again, like you're like, I've been through what you, you're going through now. Like, I know exactly what it's like to be you. And I think that idea of like, like I was saying kind of earlier, if you're um, one of the only people of color in your school, then you kind of feel like walking, like a walking piece of representation. You feel like you have to be like a good example of what people of color are like, even though it's not your responsibility to be a perfect person so that other people don't, you know, judge an entire group of people based on your actions. Like, uh, for example, there's this uh, kind of book I've been wanting to read about how, um, I keep bringing it back to Islam because that's kind of my my experience of life, I guess, but how obviously in the media, there's a small number of Islamic terrorists that have been used as the voice of the millions of Muslims across the world and how to feel accepted. I feel like every time there's something goes on in the media, I have to justify and condemn them. I have to be like, by the way, I don't agree with that. By the way, I think what they did was wrong, even though I shouldn't feel the need to, because obviously I don't think that's right. That's not something that I should feel the need to say is wrong. What do you guys think after we've said the things we've said, as well as kind of seeing people of color at your schools? I think that um, people of color are, like you were saying about the um, these things in the media, which just paint you as the villains in something that happens that you weren't a part of. And I think it's important to kind of educate these people and say, you're not the bad people. These are different, these are different kinds of people. And we need to target that as a kind of a, a step forward to make sure that, you know, you don't have to keep saying, you're not a terrorist. I guess this podcast, feeling like you have to represent the whole of your race, I guess on this podcast, it's kind of like roles reverse, but in a really small way, so I can get a small taste of what it actually feels like to like feel like you're representing your race a bit, because I guess it's hard, because I don't, I don't want to say something that's wrong and then feel like, oh no, no, all white people are like this. Like, it's in a small way the same thing. Okay. Yeah, I totally get that because you you don't want to say something that's super controversial or wrong and then give a bad impression to, like, say, like, oh, we're not all, like, we're not all racist, essentially. I think what you're okay. just trying to say is that we're all human, we all make mistakes, and it's okay to make mistakes as long as you kind of know what your mistake is and try to not make that again and I think that's what a lot of people are kind of like not realizing like it's okay well it's not okay but it's all right as long as you learn from it like you yeah, are responsible for yourself and yourself only you shouldn't feel like you talk for anyone else I guess essentially yeah for sure and I like for everything as well like 
I think people need to understand you whatever you do it's on you it's not on everyone else it, like if I make a mistake if I do something wrong that is not a reflection of my whole race or if someone else does something wrong or someone else says something mean or etc etc it's not it's a reflection on them and not their whole people and I guess we should kind of move on and kind of talk about um the exam fiasco of last year because oh, I know I know there are some strong making me angry <laughs> there's a lot going on there and if you are not sure of what is happening uh where have you been first of all second of all um I'm gonna explain it to you so essentially what happened was um, the exam grades were given on an algorithm rather than teacher assess, which is why they're doing teacher assess now. They have learned. But um, they used an algorithm to get um, to estimate grades, essentially. And what had happened was a lot of people in poorer places and essentially poorer places do have um, more people of colour because that is essentially where they are allowed to live, essentially, when they're asked to... When they apply for housing, that is, tends to be the areas they are given. They are, tend to be given in a similar area. So, okay. People, people, of color so were, people of colour and low-income <laughs> households, more specifically, were disproportionately affected. Like, um, I think it was, like, based on the area you're from, it, like, looked at your past uh, past year groups, uh, grades and stuff, and compared that to this year's cohort. And that was problematic because it meant that uh, people from private schools um or predominant like like schools that were better funded basically because even within state schools some schools are better funded that's just a fact of life basically and it meant that those people already had a massive advantage even if they weren't putting in the same amount of work like um Eton College obviously didn't Eton College Eton basically did not have a single student downgraded from their predicted which is just an, and then obviously other schools had loads of students who felt that they were being given grades that did not show their abilities at all. Yeah, because I knew loads of people who are people of colour who they were predicted grade nines for their GCSEs and they got given grade fives and sixes. So that is such a massive downfall. And the whole reason was because of this algorithm and estimation and all of this, which obviously does not reflect anything at all. Just because you are from a certain place or have certain amount funded to your school, which again is in itself unfair but because of all of that you're getting a disadvantage but also because of the people around you you get disadvantaged which is why this was such a massive issue um for especially people of color and low-income households we bring it we kind of talk about racism classism loosely because of how interlinked they are i think in many ways like predominantly this was a classist issue in terms of private schools and better funded schools doing better because obviously like if your education is better funded your education is better but um like we've seen in systems of housing and um literally everything like there's kind of that element of systemic racism that's held people like you know if you're from a low income household you're more likely to be in a low income household for the rest of your life you know what i mean because it's difficult to get out of those cycles of poverty and things which is why I think we talk about those two quite loosely together. So what were your guys kind of opinions experiences if you knew anyone who went through the whole system? I, I, I didn't know anyone but I would just like to say I'm very happy that this year for our year 
they aren't doing the whole algorithm and it will be mostly teacher assessed based so I think it's good that they've learned from it but it's still not doesn't make up for the fact that they did that in the first place. So why do you think diversity is actually important in school settings? Like, because I know a lot of people, like, as well as sort of teachers, students, education, all of that we've been talking about, like, why is it important? Because I know a lot of people who might be listening will be like, oh, but we're in Britain, we need to learn about British history and learn about the British, blah, 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 blah. Why do you think that this is wrong? And why is this an issue? I think it's important because British history isn't just white history. It also includes black people, includes Asian people, includes people from all over the world. Because Britain itself is a, a very diverse country. Uh, you can tell that I've clearly been doing a lot of biology. But it's a very diverse country with people all over the world. And we can't just be focusing on one certain type of uh, British history. We have to talk about all of it. So that's why it's so important because there are kids around the UK who don't feel like they're represented because they aren't necessarily white you know and it's not part of the school system itself and it's just I think it would just help a lot of them feel a lot more comfortable in their own skin and feel a lot more like safe in a way because they are talked about and they are represented correctly hopefully. I was just going to touch on the point of history is that not necessarily I think like We've kind of been talking about why kind of throughout the entirety of this podcast so far. But I think in terms of history, because I think history is one of the main areas we talk about when talking about diversifying our curriculum, is because we don't expect world history or even like how the British have impacted different countries. I think we also just need to change our tone in talking about these subjects, like realising that, again, like we just don't have like... Britain doesn't have to be the hero in every single story. It's okay to be the villain if they were, like, if at the time period what they were doing was wrong, it's okay to step back and say this was wrong, but we need to learn about it because it's something important that happened in our history that's led to things that still happen today. For sure. And also, British history, again, like, you got we got colonised. So essentially, every other country's history is still interlinked with British history, which is why I feel like it's important to at least mention it, like have one unit on it or one like subheading on it or something like that, like properly explains what negative impacts it had. Because again, colonialism was not a positive thing, maybe for the British because they got more things, but for other countries, no, (laughs) no, it was not positive. And like, as well as like that, like Maddie and Lewis, like, do you guys when you guys learn history in these subjects, do you guys notice that there are like less people of colour in the history? Like, do you guys, is that the first thing you notice or do you notice it at all? It's, it's, it's usually something I think about because I would have thought like now there would be more representation of black people in our history lessons. But it's, to be honest, there's not a lot except for the main topics of civil rights and people of colour aren't represented at all or not at all but they aren't represented as much as they should do so I think if you have that um if you if you change this school system you can the students will become more open-minded to these ideas and be less their their opinion would be less kind of emotional there'd be more um that's that that doesn't make much sense but um it they should just if the system changes then people are going to be much more open-minded to these different ideas and cultures yeah like it's 
it's really annoying because it's always been something that's bugged me even though I'm white because it bugs lots of my friends who aren't white because it's like you're cutting out a whole section of history and saying that it didn't happen and there's also the fact that women are really also underrepresented in history and I think that history the history we get taught is kind of taught through the eyes of like what white males at the time would have thought about it and that's not right. I think another thing is that in school racism is such like a taboo topic that kind of teachers avoid talking about it within their lessons which I think is also a part of the problem because by us not talking about it like we're not acknowledging it so we can't solve the problem. So if I think more teachers talked about it and made it less of like a thing then I think a lot of students would feel more comfortable talking about it and being able to speak to about it with their friends like we are right now. Finally, um, if you want to have, if we were to have more diversity in the curriculum, who would you like to see included and in which subjects? Well, like history is obviously the big one. I'd love to see Claudette Colvin mentioned. I'd love to see other people who are amazing in the American civil rights movement. I'd like to know that for example, um, this is something I found out through not school, but other forms of education, I guess, is that uh, the first university ever built was built by a Muslim woman. The first hospital ever built was built by a Muslim. And just kind of these big inventions that like, um, big inventions are big concepts that we go through in our everyday life, like learning about who's behind them. And I guess just a li- like a little bit of everything. Like I feel like, you know, 10% of, the I think 10% something like that of the UK's population is uh people of colour actually I'm also not right something like that but I just having a little bit more diversity in each of the subjects just because seeing yourself represented is such a good motivation to be able to pursue those careers and stuff like like we've seen it in terms of STEM like you don't see many women in STEM which has led to that being a problem for years and years and it's not that women aren't interested it's that they they don't feel like there is a space for them in those fields so I think changing that could mean that keeps the I guess kind of helps solve the problem in the long term because you're especially in like even primary school your mind is shaped so much by what you're taught in school and I think if we kind of try and see the root of the problem that could lead to better consequences in the long term. I also kind of want to elaborate on history this is something that happened when I was like in year three or year four so basically we were learning about the Vikings okay and obviously I'm still like like really little okay I'm silly. So um, they were going on about like the Vikings and they were like, we are all descendants of the Vikings. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, so you mean, obviously I was like, whoa, that's such big news. I was like, whoa, so we're all descendants of the Vikings. And my teacher looked at me and he he was kind of taken about me. He was like, it's probably more likely if you have like blonde hair and blue eyes. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that, and I think about it now and I realise it's because obviously I'm not white. I'm not, I'm not from here. So that makes sense now. But back then I was like, why am I not a descendant of a Viking? I'm not blonde hair and blue eyes. Like, I feel like they should have clarified it or something. Because it just kind of goes to show how as like a kid, you don't understand the concept of like race or colour. You just kind of are like, because the history we're taught, you think it applies to everyone, but it doesn't. Like I, like, I thought it applied to me as well. I was like, oh, yeah, we're all Vikings. We all used to be Vikings. I was so excited, but I wasn't. <laughs> it's like, I'm laughing about it now, but, like, it's kind of sad. Like, 
I'm like, you got taught that it was such like a big and important, like, oh, we're all from this. I did, however, learn. I asked my dad and he was like, he asked someone and he said that what, that um, the area that I used to live in, in Sri Lanka, all descendants of Persians. So that was interesting. And I actually learned something that is accurate for myself. So yeah, I guess there is some positive thing that I have, but it kind of just goes to show like in history, what you learn and all of that, like there has to be some kind of, um, I guess direction when being taught it as well. Cause they were like, like from word to word, he said, oh, we are all descendants of Vikings. And I thought that included me, but clearly it didn't. So yeah, I, I would want to see people of color in literature as well as in photography and like art. Cause again, like I said, we focus on such like white artists and which is, there's nothing wrong with that. Of course we have to learn about them. But there are, but there's also like loads of other like important figures in history that are there that are like in language and in art that we can learn about and would benefit us um, immensely for like all of these stuff, especially creative subjects. Because again, we want to focus as much as um, like trauma and all of that is important. We do also need to focus and learn about um, other aspects such as like art, people of colour in arts and drama and like photography and all of that. I think, yeah, what you're saying, it will be a lot easier for them to implant, implement in more like humanity subjects, more creative subjects, because it's so diverse and range. And I think that I really want to learn about someone who hasn't like experienced trauma uh, due to their race. And that, that'd just be so good. Like, it's always just about them going through racism. And I'm like, hmm, yes, I can relate to this, but what about all the other parts, you know? And as difficult as it might be, I'd like to hear more about, like, maybe Asian or Black people who are, like, scientists or mathematicians just within those STEM subjects, because they are like me. That's what I want to do. And I want to see someone who it w is working in the field that I hope to work in in the future and just be able to represent myself and see myself. What's also very interesting is things like algebra was founded in like the Islamic golden age. So like they're teaching you algebra and numbers and all of this, but it didn't come from here or it came from the Islamic golden age. So that's interesting fact to know. And like, it's not just, I mean, people are always like, what's the point of maths? But which true to an extent, but it wasn't, maths wasn't just invented to torture secondary school students. It actually uh, made the basis for the GPS we have today, which is another fun fact. <laughs> so like even from here, like from what we know and what we learn, you kind of understand that there is more to the world than just British history and British, I guess, culture. Like there is so much more in the world that have been influenced by the British or we have influenced the British that should be mentioned and should be taught because again we are still part of this history we are still part of what we are today and I think that is like one of the most important parts what about um Maddie and Lewis as well I think I I agree with what um all of what you said to be honest we need people of color represented everywhere not not just history not just art but as um Raffaella said in maths and STEM subjects too, like just across the board, more representation. Just kind of what all of you are saying, definitely um, to, just to kind of inspire young black people who might not be inspired by all the white inspirational people. So um, I think we're going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. 
thank you so much for listening and I hope you've learned something because I feel like there was a lot to learn in this episode. Thank you for everyone who has made the time to come and film because I think this was very interesting, very fun. So yeah, hopefully you follow the podcast as well as all of our social media on Your Space West Sussex on pretty much everything. And yeah, follow the podcast because we will be posting every week. Bye.